here we are on episode 11 of the Careering Out of Control podcast. Uh, I'm Will Rowe, uh, podcast host, uh, if, if you will, and uh, and I'm joined today by John Lunn, a.k.a. or as known as Johnny Chips, uh, and he is a Microsoft MVP for Azure. He uh, blogs and vlogs under the Johnny Chips name. He's on TikTok, Twitter. He's on YouTube, he's on Insta. My God, this man gets everywhere. Uh, Have a listen to what he has to say, and I will look forward to hearing your thoughts. So I am absolutely delighted to be joined today on the Careering Out of Control podcast by Johnny Chips himself, uh, the John Lunn, Microsoft MVP. Uh, John, welcome to the Careering Out of Control podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Hello, Mr. Will Rowe. No, not at all. Thank you for having me on. How are you doing? I'm very well. I'm very well. How are you on this 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 questionably fine uh, Tuesday? Yeah, it's a little bit grey and overcast in sunny South Wales, as I like to call it. But yeah, it's yeah, doing well. I think um, I think like anything, we're all getting a little bit more back out there now. A few more face to face events kicking off around the uh, around the country at the moment. Unfortunately, I've not managed to get to one of those bigger events myself. But um, yeah, I'm doing well. Work's busy keeping me pulled left, right and centre, as it usually does. But, um, yeah, I think we're getting there now, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. Um, and uh, I think what was very interesting was uh, South Coast Summit was last weekend. And, and that, for mm-hmm. me, was, uh, although I didn't go, was was something which uh, which a lot of people uh, have been, had been talking about and uh, were quite excited by. Uh, and obviously we had comms first before that as well, which was, uh, which was great, which I was where, where I was actually uh, at that. Um, but it's yeah. just nice. I, I don't know. It's, it's nice to get back into these in-person events, um, uh, and just sort of <laughs> yeah. start start seeing people. Um, perhaps that's something we can we can discuss in a little more detail uh, further into the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you want to just tell everybody uh, a little bit about you um, for people who don't know who you are? Yeah, no, of course. So yeah, hi everybody. Um, yeah, as Will has said, my name is John Lunn. I go by the the pseudonym Johnny Chips. Uh, you know, you can find me on most social social media platforms with that name. Um, I work for BT Enterprise. I'm a technical architect working predominantly in the Azure space. So I've got a bit of history with 365. Uh, moved over to kind of work with Azure a bit more full time, a bit more focused. Um, I don't know. It's probably about four years ago now five years ago maybe it's hard to tell it's on and off you know you kind of drift through the technologies um been at bt probably about eight and a half nine years now um come through the ranks you know started off early career um not actually in an it job but uh, kind of came through the ranks and you know found myself in the wonderful world of consultancy and architecture which is where i am at the minute see when you say bt it's not necessarily the the, the the first place that I would expect to be finding a lot of Azure-based work. Um, yeah. How has that come about? <laughs> That's a really valid point. And I think, to be honest, well, lots of these big companies now are kind of realizing that they need to kind of refocus their attention on the future and technology. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think BT is traditionally known as, you know, a, a you know, a large telco obviously predominantly from the uk um but yeah it's like any big enterprise size co- company at the end of the day you know they've got close on hundred thousand employees so it's safe to say they dabble in most things and, and and in fairness to bt they've got a whole innovation section you know looking around 5g internet of things uh, virtual reality mixed reality all that good stuff they've got a you know a whole area focused on developing new products and services so 
kind of where I sit, um, it was a, a company that was um, kind of bought out by BT back 11, 12 years ago now, I guess. I joined shortly after that, uh, purely from a consultancy point of view. So I joined BT, like I say, about nine years ago, purely from a unified comms consultancy piece. So I was very much in the world of um, Exchange, Link, Skype for Business, since Teams, you know, all that good stuff. Um, when I first joined BT. Um, yeah, and like I say, um, they, they they certainly have, over the last year or so, changed their, their focus and their views uh, in terms of, you know, trying to transform from being this traditional telco that everybody knows and, and loves. I, I'll say loves, and I'll leave it at that, um, <laughs> into more of a tech-focused company. So that's what's happening at BT at the moment, and it's really kind of exciting place to be, you know, to work for because they've, like I say, they've got a lot going on. And, you know, certainly Microsoft uh, Cloud is is absolutely core to to a lot of those initiatives that they've got going on at the moment. So, yeah, it's really a good place to work, but busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, t- t- so, so tell us a little bit about what you do for a living currently then, and yeah, then perhaps okay. we can kind of explore how you got to that point. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, to those that know what consultancy and architecture is all about, I mean, predominantly, I'm I'm a customer-facing employee. So I work uh, in a place uh, in BT called Enterprise. It's predominantly UK-focused, UK business-focused. Uh, I'm not lines and rentals, so please don't email me asking you to, you know, asking me to fix your broadband because I don't have a clue. Um, but yeah, so so my job really entails. You know, getting those traditional those opportunities from BT's customers where they're looking to do something. Um, you know, traditionally within BT, it comes from being a you know a trusted partner at the moment with particular customers that are looking to do something with networking, WANs, LANs, security, that kind of stuff. But there's a flavor of cloud, and they need to do something. Or they want to do something with cloud. So I'll get wheeled into the room really to talk. Like I say, predominantly about the Azure landscape or their transition or their you know cloud adoption or whatever it is that they need to do so i'll typically sit with customers understand what their kind of their their pain points are their motivations for wanting to move to the cloud or you know if they don't have those motivations help them try and understand what some of those motivations may be you know talk to them about the 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 goodness that the cloud can offer the um you know whatever it may be the good you know innovation pieces the, the cost savings the scalability all of that sort of stuff and really, you know, help the customers go on that journey to kind of transition over, over to the cloud. Um, and from there, you know, if the customer's basically, yeah, happy with that, we want to do some of this good cloud work, we move into, you know, the traditional kind of assessing where they're at, um, designing where they need to be based on what their business outcomes are, you know, if they've realized what those business outcomes need to be, uh, and just kind of help join the dots and move business applications from where they currently sit uh, into a more kind of cloud-first approach, whether that be the Azure platform or maybe even some 365, um, you know, productivity services, things like that. So, mm. yeah, that that's pretty much where I sit at the minute, Will. And then you said you started out in in a non-technical role. To talk, you know, we, I, I speak to a lot of people about their careers on a daily basis, it turns out. Uh, but the... Um, but from talking to people on here, what's what's always very most interesting to me is is finding people who have ended up in a very technical role, but who mm. perhaps didn't start out. You know, this wasn't this wasn't what they what they were initially thinking. Tell us sure. a bit about where you came from then, and kind of what then spurred you in, into that. 
I mean, it's a valid point, though, isn't it, Will? I think you're right. A, a lot of people that I've certainly spoken to over the last sort of 18 months or so, they, they you know, lots of IT people seem to have a similar thing where they'll say they, they kind of landed in, in IT by accident or just kind of ended up there. And, and I guess in a way I was no different to that, I guess. You know, from an early age, from from being a kid, I, w- I was always that kid that was interested in computing. You know, as many people that work in tech are, you know, kind of grew up with the Commodore 64, the the Amiga, you know, programming with BASIC and, and doing all that good stuff. And I think... Did you did you have an Acorn Electron? No, I, no, I, I don't want to say it, Will, but I'm probably a little bit younger than you, am I? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Meow. Why would you... Why no, would you I, do you know, I, I, do you not know? I, I, I mean... Do you know what? No, no, no. I think this is this is probably the end. I think was, you know. I think it, we've had a lovely it, time so far, mate. But you know, this is this is not. Is that know, the last talk, question? Sorry, Will. You know, <laughs> well, you know, it's been wonderful. Here we are with 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 Johnny Chips. You know, listen to him. You know, oh my god. No, you, you may well be a little younger than me. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> it's. Uh, well, I get the first blow in there, Will. To be honest. No, no, that's fine, mate. That's fine. Uh, you know, people frequently comment about my age, lack of hair. And as I've said on many an occasion, uh, it's only the hair on my head which is leaving. It's the stuff on my back is thick, lustrous, like a beaver's pelt. Uh, I've got a bad so, image now, Will. I've got a bad well, there you go. I just, and you know what? If you're going to be rude, I'm going to make you feel unwell. Thank so, um, yeah. So, I, <laughs> so well, no, I, I don't have, I didn't have an Acorn. I started with the Commodore. The Commodore 64 <laughs> is where I began my, um, my IT love. I don't know. You know, it's one of those things, isn't it? I guess. You just like playing those games, you know, and watching the games load at that age, you know, back in whatever it would have been, sort of, um, yeah, late eighties, early nineties, maybe. Yeah, I, uh, um, you know, I, I to, to be honest, did, did you have a tape player one that you had to I press did. the tape? Player I did, and, I, I, and then yeah. you had to fiddle around with the 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 volume button. Did you ever have <laughs> yeah, to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. not too much difference there, John. That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah, it's not fair enough. Fair enough. No, I so all of the same era, I guess. It's the same era, but um, yeah. No, so, so you I mean, started I, there. Yeah, I started there, you know, kind of, you know, as, as any kid would, fall in love. It's a computer, it's new, you can play games, you can do this sort of stuff, you know, the magazines, entering the competitions to write this programming or this program for a magazine. I remember writing something about the um the, the World Wrestling Federation, you know, all the the SummerSlam and the Royal Rumble matches and you know, who was the winners and losers. And anyway, I, I kind of moved on from there and you know, kind of went back to school. And look, well, I was never really the most academic of people through school. I, I kind of didn't enjoy kind of high school, you know, growing up. Um, I was always into computers and business studies. I seemed to be quite good at and, you know, to the point that I think my my, my mother at the time had bought the the first kind of 486 PC uh, with a with a color Lexmark printer. I might add, um, we we trans we transitioned on from the dot matrix with the Commodore sixty four to a color Lexmark printer, and I got accused that my parents were doing all my homework for me because it was in color. It was you know I used every font that you, you could possibly imagine for the homework. Um, so yeah, I mean that that was kind of the kid that I was. I was just tinkering with computers, coming through school, not particularly enjoying school. Got to the age of um, kind kind of college years, and and the other love I had was music, and so. You know, it was one of those things. I wasn't necessarily that academic. I was told by my parents, in no uncertain terms, you will be going to college and, and doing something, whether that would be A-levels or some some other vocational subject. So I ended up going and doing performing arts, Will. So I kind of moved out and did a B-tech in performing well, arts. All so, the best people do. Yeah, well, well you know, you know, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? I think it was one of those things, you know, as a kid coming out of school, you kind of have those passions, don't you, those loves? 
computing was absolutely there for me, although I, I honestly never saw a, a career in computing. That, for me, was just my pastime. Music was the career that I wanted. So went in, did two years performing arts. Of course, my plan A was to become a an internationally famous and rich rock star, as I'm guessing yeah, most people have that. those dreams. Yeah, mm. most people do have those dreams, I'm guessing. Um, kind of didn't work out, you know, surprisingly. Um <laughs> <laughs> so Wait, I was going to be an actor. Look what happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, no, I, you know, <laughs> no, but you know, I think it's it's just. I suppose the scene I'm trying to set is, I I came out of college, thinking right, you know, I kind of need to go and get a job now, and mm-hmm. it was either go to university that I didn't know what I wanted to do, you know, and and, and I kind of look. I'm as well as wanting to be an internationally famous rock star. I do, you know, happen to be one of those quite highly opinionated people at times, you know, where I can get on my soapbox and spout from the rooftops and i think um for me growing up and, and i kind of still have these views now that the education system we won't go into it will don't get me on my suit box but i've got uh, certain I, hang-ups i, I, I I'm, I'm trying not to but you, you seem to be just <laughs> stepping up yeah it's fine I'll, anyway. I'll just leave it to you. you just keep you keep cracking on <laughs> so i got my opinions on the education system from my own personal experiences and watching my kids go through it but anyway we got to the point now where it was either job or university, and I just kind of fell straight into a job, temping with an agency, going in. It was data inputting. Um, I was earning money, and that, and that's all that really mattered at that point. It was like, wow, people are paying me money. And, you know, because I think of my – it was working with computers in the fact that it was a data entry kind of position, you know, so I would have been, what, sort of 16 and a half, 17, coming out of college. And, and you know what it's like? Well, as soon as you start working, you kind of get mm. sucked into the whole – trap of you're now working for a company um you know leave your desires and ambitions at the door and come in and work nine to five and <laughs> do as you're told and 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 look i i kind of did that for for a few years um move move companies um move move to an, a smallish manufacturing firm where when i got there i think because of my love for computers um over the years i i turned into that young boy in the office that oh the printer's jammed john will fix it or this database doesn't quite work or give us the results that we're expecting john will have a look at that uh this excel spreadsheet you know so i started turning into that office it bod that i'm sure everybody is familiar with if you've spent any time in an office you've always got that one go-to person that you'll drag over for all your you know the kettle's not boiling properly yep john will sort that as well so i kind of fell into it but at that point it was like more of a commercial um contracting role that i was doing and i was doing that for kind of seven or eight years believe it or not and it got to the point where i kind of was working really closely with that it department for the company i was working at and you know lo and behold it came time where i was reassessing where i wanted to go with my career and working life and i got offered another job for a company down the road and it was the usual thing the company turned around and said look you know we want to keep you here we don't want to lose you from the company what would it do? And I literally turned around and said, well, actually, I'd like a job in IT. Um, if you can give me a job in IT, I'd like to work in IT. And at that point in time, I'd literally just started a, an open university degree because I realized, you know, I think probably about a year before that point, I realized that I wanted to go move to work in IT because I was doing a lot of it in my day job anyway. But I kind of couldn't get that in without, uh, you know, a, a degree. You know, it's, a, again, back to that education system thing. Um, so I kind of start myself on that journey of doing an open university degree and yeah, the company then said, yes, we want to keep you. Here's a job in it. And that's kind of what I started. So it was, uh, you know, relatively, um, you know, um, 
junior kind of position where I was kind of all hands on deck, servicing everything and anything with a plug on it, basically. Well, so that was my entry point into IT. Um, and I think it's interesting. I think, you know, and I said this every week, uh, every time that we're on here, there, there are different things that people can do, but they, if they want to upskill or level up or change career or pivot or something, and it's usually figure out what you want, have a plan of what you want to do, do more than you're going, than you've been doing previously. And then the last sort of number four is find your online community or, or the tribe of people who are similar to you because uh, they'll help you along the way. And then the last thing is start sharing that information and knowledge and that will help you sort of build that piece up. And obviously it, it sounds to me like you came up with the first three just at that point where you sort of pivoted your career from kind of doing what pretty much everyone does in their early 20s, which is sort of bumbling along a bit, trying to figure out what where you are and what you do. Yeah, yeah. And then you, and then you started doing an open university course. Absolutely. To, to kind of and help you get there and, and sort of do more. No, you're right. And I know we've spoken about these points that you've raised before, because I think I've commented before on, on I think you were doing a podcast um, back last year, and I, and I recognised the, the points that you raised were, were kind of spot on, because it's exactly that. I think you do need to have that focus. And 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 you're right, you know, and, and we say it tongue in cheek slightly that, yeah, early 20s, lots of people do, don't get me wrong, if, if you're coming out of uni uh, or college with a clear vision of where you need to be in life absolutely credit to you i mean i wasn't one of those people and um, they're all I they're th- all the most boring ones <laughs> i reckon <laughs> so, so yeah well i wouldn't you know i'm, I'm casting look i know a few of them that's what i'm saying i know a few of them boring boring as hell <laughs> fair enough fair enough um but yeah i know where you're going so i think so yeah so so you you uh you 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 upskilled you got into technology and then what's what's the career path been like then because obviously you started doing one thing you know what you what i guess i i guess i first became aware of you sort of five ten years ago when when i was sort of building out my network within the the unified communications sure. space yeah and obviously you've been through that and then you've pivoted into azure which is not necessarily the the natural progression shall we say for somebody who's who's been doing all the voice type, yeah, type yeah. no no you're right and and you know that was a conscious decision because because you're right i was very much deeply embroiled in uh in the 365 the productivity suite um side of things but i mean i'll try and frame it in as non-waffly way as possible but i mean basically i went through 14 years working for that manufacturing company and i kind of that is where i cut my teeth i work with two great guys that, that are still working there you know still good friends with them uh it was one of those really great places to work where you kind of learn anything and everything there is to learn about working in IT. You know, it literally was a hands-on role. Any project that comes through, <laughs> go and have a go, see what you can do, John. You know, it was that kind of thing. And yeah. like, just jumping in feet first, you kind of learn everything. It got to, unfortunately, it got to the point, the company, you know, it has, as lots of companies do kind of go through peaks and troughs. There was a redundancy situation. There was three people that worked in IT, me being one. Um, the company had to cut a third of its workforce. Uh, at the time, I was working with another great set of guys that are, that are known in the community actually they work for quite you know high profile companies that you'll know well um and i was working with them at this company and i turned around and said look i actually had a conversation with them because they were consulting to the company i was working for and i said look what's it like out on the road you know i could you can imagine you know there's lots of travel involved you're probably going to struggle with your relationship 
Um, and yeah, it's all of those things. Lots of travel, difficulties with your relationships. You don't get to see your kids growing up. But I thought, yeah, I'm in. You know, that sounds like the life for me. But, time, no. time on the road, it, it changes a man. You know, <laughs> but, you know, and, and I again, I say that tongue in cheek, but I mean, it's it's kind of partly the truth. Unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, um, to kind of take that next step up at that point in time for me, it felt like that is what I had to do. You know, to take yeah. the next career leap, if that makes sense, to go from you know second, third line support kind of dog's body in an IT department working for a relatively small manufacturing company to jump up and up the up my game well, okay, I need an opportunity to kind of now go and do what I do, but for other companies, for many other companies, and, you know, kind of broaden my horizons in that respect. So that's what I did. I had a chat with some friends that had done some work for us, and I said, I'm thinking about, you know, have you got any opportunities? Explain the situation with with redundancy. And, yeah, literally within a week, I, I had a job offer. I had my first start in the wonderful world of consultancy. And um, that's kind of been my life now for, what, 11 years, I guess? Yeah, 11 years since I took that first consultancy job. And, yeah, it was very much focused on the UC, um, you know, the unified comms, the messaging, primarily because when you move into consultancy, you've kind of got, or back then, you kind of had to have your niche. And I, and I suppose to a point you still do have to have your niche, but... I think lines have very much become blurred as of late. Um, but I think moving into that role, it was a case of, right, okay, so, you know, what do you want to consult in? And it's like, well, kind of done a lot with Microsoft products and that, you know, I had. So it kind of turned around that I went that traditional kind of infrastructure, Active Directory, Exchange, Messaging Unified Comms piece. So I'd, I'd done a few of those projects up until that point. So that's where I kind of landed and started my early consultancy career, Will. So, Joe, it's interesting you should you should talk about this idea of specialism versus generalism. Generalism mm. is that there is still very much a, a demand for 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 deep specialism within consulting because obviously, you know, like let's take Microsoft Teams for example. Nobody could have foreseen just just how ridiculously busy Teams would have got last year. Um, yeah. And therefore, by extension, Office 365 and what have you. But, you know, over the last, let's say, two to three years, we've started seeing demand for, for cloud consultants from, from people. And, and I mentioned it on last last the last podcast. It's, it's all down to Microsoft's marketing department hating people um, and trying to sort of blur all these sort of traditional career paths from messaging through collaboration through CRM through voice, whatever, and just go, well, this is all Office 365 now, so you'll just have to get on board with that. Um, so, so yeah, but I, so, so that is still very relevant today, um, is you sort of pick an area, but then what, what then moved you from the UC piece into, into Azure and, and how did you pivot into a completely ineffective, completely different section of, of the technical space? No, absolutely. And then it's, it's a really good point. I might say one or two contentious points now, again, Feel it might free. be, you know, Feel it might free. be against the, 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 the Microsoft marketing thing um but i mean for me at the time i'm not affiliated with microsoft in no, any no, way I, shape or form just to be clear they won't let me recruit for them so as far as i'm concerned i can say what i like no absolutely i don't <laughs> you know at the end of the day i think i'd like to think what i've got to say is relevant to a point you know maybe it's just relevant to me but you know that's that at the time that's all that kind of mattered but i guess <laughs> for me going into that traditional kind of on-prem migration you know i kind of 
joined consultant the consultancy world when we were doing a lot of transitions just after BPOS ended three office 365 got released was about the time when I started so I kind of jumped into that office 365 embraced it with you know a gave it a big hug and thought, right, I'm going to do everything I can to learn everything I can about this product. And, you know, it's like anything over the years, there were lots of on-prem hybrids, transitions, migrations, all of that good stuff. And, you know, you're kind of still dealing a lot with the on-prem world. And as time went on, and I think it was pretty much when they released Teams version 1.0, I kind of got that little niggling feeling in my head to think, okay, basically... Microsoft, you know, we know they're shifting everything to the cloud. There's only going to be so much of this migration activity and this migration work. I need to find a place for me that I can grow into the future. And for me at the time, 365 was more about, and you can kind of see it now with what's going on with things like Teams and Teams Voice. You know, lots of companies are offering voice services and hosted SBC and SIP offerings. And, you know, then Microsoft go and say, oh, actually, we're going to partner up with a lot of telcos and offer, you know, this operator connect and, you think, okay, so now you're taking away some of the consulting work. You're basically turning my job into a portal-driven click and point-and-click exercise. And for me, that's what it was becoming with 365, was was very much a, well, as long as I can click my way around the portal, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's my job now. And I, and I kind of didn't sit well with me at the time. It was like, but I've got more to offer than that, you know, and I felt, you know, and like I say, that's probably the most contentious I'll try and get, Will, but it was like, okay, I just need to know how I find my way around a portal now. That That is what my job entails, and I thought, I'm not sure I like that. So at the time, um, obviously, we I, I was doing a fair amount of work with Azure, you know, as it was back then in terms of, you know, spinning up domain controllers, putting um, hybrid exchange servers in there and SMTP relays and, you know, just the odd few things I throw into Azure because for whatever reason the customers move into to this uh, SaaS offering of 365 they don't want stuff on prem or all of that kind of stuff and and over the years I thought well actually it's a way for me to now this cloud platform thing that's been going on for a few years um it's a way for me to kind of get back to believe it or not you know this generalist kind of way of working it was me that was what I was you know for for 14 years I was very much the anything with a plug kind of person go and fix it and I found trying to, you know, follow this meandering path and and fall into the world of kind of teams and stay in with with exchange migrations. I just felt I, at the time I felt I had more to offer than just that. If that makes sense, I kind of wanted to get back a little bit to the poking and flicking of switches and playing with networking and doing something with storage. And and I felt well, actually, in the cloud world, that is Azure, and I probably should learn a bit more about that. So. Like I say, it was a conscious decision. I had a chat with my manager at the time and said, look, this is how I'm feeling. This is how I'm feeling about 365. There's still a lot of work there to be done with 365 in this space. Of course there is. But I said, for my own career prospects and benefits, I felt that I needed to to make this switch um, because it then enabled all the other kind of features and services and the innovative things that you can do with the Azure platform Hmm. um, moving forward. And, And at the time, Again, this would have been about five years ago. You know, I was saying to my boss, I, I, I feel that the future is in data, AI, machine learning, IoT, and that's kind of where I want to take my career. And, you know, if you do the math, I'd probably been consulting in 365 for about four or five years at that point. Yeah. Um, and I think that was probably about the same time when Teams version one got released, probably about four or five years ago now, maybe, was it something like that? 
yeah. um, give or take, I think. And because there was the crossover between Skype for Business, wasn't there? And then it was like, what the hell? We've yeah. got Skype on prem and Teams and what have you. So then, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so, so you you threw yourself into Azure. Was it was it a, was it like a like a you went cold turkey on everything else and just threw yourself in a hundred percent, or was this a sort of a gradual shift? Yeah, a bit of both. So, yeah, it it turned out that it was going to be a gradual shift of me handing over work to colleagues. And that kind of happened for a period of time. You know, to be honest, I I still get pulled into the odd job now, you know, when they need assistance or they maxed out that team. You know, I still get pulled into those bits of work, but it's few and far between now. So there was a point where I kind of did have to say, right, I'm going cold turkey now because otherwise I'm, I'm just going to be that person that straddles everything <laughs> and it's like i can't do everything i literally can't like, nobody can do everything um so i kind of yeah went a little bit cold turkey and it was i was doing that for a couple of years and and kind of you know meandering through working with some good customers transitioning moving but over that few years when i first started in you know properly working with customers in azure it was a massive eye-opener to me. It was like, wow, now I, you know, it's like that that Donald Rumsfeld thing where you kind of, you know, know your unknowns kind of stuff. And it's like, right, now I think I'm starting to learn actually the stuff that I don't actually know about, which mm. was the raft of the Azure platform. And it was at that moment I thought, oh, God, wow, you know, it's so true that, you know, I, I think you hear about being T-shaped and being, you know, N or M-shaped. So kind of having that deep dive specialism but having that broad, um, you know, vision or appreciation of all the other technologies that kind of sit around that space, so true yeah. in three six five, as you know, everything is tied in with each other. Maybe not as true with Azure because you know Azure is a kit bag of stuff, kit bag of features and things that you can do. You know, from whether you're a seasoned veteran developer or you're a, a traditional operations person, you know, you'll find something to do in Azure and. At that point, I thought, oh, you know, I kind of need to broaden my horizons in Azure. And and that's when I kind of turned a bit more public-facing, if I'm being honest, because, you know, for years you kind of sit around the edges of community. And, and for me personally, I kind of I, I got it but didn't really get it. It was, you know, you kind of hold a lot of these people. You know, there are so many prevalent people out in the community now that have been doing <clears throat> blogging and, you know, videos and um, you know, helping others basically, mm. and and I kind of didn't. I thought oh, I I wouldn't mind doing that. I felt that I had stuff to offer other people, but didn't really understand it at the time. Um, so I think I mean I first started to try and get into community probably about. Oh, actually, if you look at my blog, you'll see the first post is probably about seven years ago. Then the second post was probably about four years after that. You know, and I kept them there, yeah. to kind of refer people back to to say you know I didn't start blogging 18 months ago i started blogging seven years ago but actually only did about three blogs so (laughs) you know um i kind of sat on the peripherals of of community for a long long time when you know as you know you know if you spotted me five or ten years ago well same same you know i knew of you in the recruitment you know business that that um, you know amount of time ago you know, you go to the you go to the shows, you go to the conferences, you go and get the free pens and the socks and the you know sweets and things like that, and you know you you chat and you network with others, but it always felt that everything I was doing was very much hidden, you know, hidden away in mm. the company that I work for, um, only in my head or me and a couple of colleagues have been working on stuff, and I thought, you know, when COVID hit. In, in my head, it was like, maybe this is a chance for me to try and dip my toe in this world of community. 
Um, why? Why? Because you know it's <laughs> it's uh, and and you know you've you've done it very very successfully. And you know I I I, I seem to I think I was on Twitter last year and I suddenly you were doing a hundred days of code I think it was mm, hundred days of cloud that's right yeah hundred days of cloud and and I was I was just like who the hell is Johnny Chips and I was just looking at it going who that is is that John Lunn uh, yeah, but then yeah. but you know to why what was the why why is, right. why did you suddenly go having sat on the peripherals why did you suddenly sit there and go that's something that I suddenly want to do you know what what was the the driver for that no i i understood and and it's and you know that is probably the, the million dollar question because i think a lot of people that i've spoken to since i've become a little bit more you know public facing with my posts when you asked me that if you'd have asked me why at the time my answer probably would have been i'm not quite sure you know i mm. think because i've seen this community thing for so long and i've never really been sure how to get involved with it why you would get involved with it, what it means. If you'd have asked me that at the time, my answer would have been, well, Will, I've, we've all just been locked down. I, I've, I wanted to build up my own PC. I can't work off the arm of the chair um, in my front room now. You know, mm. My kids are getting older. They've taken over the dining room everywhere. Literally, my my two points of work at the time of lockdown were either at the foot of the bed or on the arm of the chair in the living room. So it's like, something's got to give here. So yeah took it as an opportunity to think, right, okay, yeah, there is one. My son was nagging about me getting him a gaming PC, and I thought, ooh, things, you know, sort of start to coalesce and think, well, I got my gaming PC. That's all elaborate, you know, bright lights, you know, cool cameras and microphones. Uh, my daughter wanted to do a bit of singing. Okay, I could stick Pro Tools on that machine. And, look, I could use it. And maybe I could, you know, I say this sounding like, you know, a really old man now, but maybe I could try and get down with the kids and try and understand what I all this. Could, I too could become a YouTuber. You know? Exactly. You know, why not? And I thought. <laughs> Update I, your MySpace account, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> oh, my MySpace is banging <laughs> now, absolutely. But, you know, at that point in time, that was my rationale, right? Maybe I could do, you know, in my head, I had visions of becoming that internationally famous rock star, but in the world of Azure, yeah? So yeah. this is where the two worlds kind of collided. And I thought at the same time, I could, you know, I knew the kids were off school. I could maybe foster that kind of belief and nurturing of my son wanting to spend, you know, 17 hours a day on a PC playing games and actually be good with that and happy with that. But, you know, in... In a more slightly serious note, I thought, well, maybe it would give my kids an opportunity to start to learn about these technologies, start to learn how to do some graphic design and do their logos and, you know, try and get the learnings out of that. So that's literally why I started on my path was because my son wanted to become a gamer and I wasn't prepared to buy him a PC just for him to use. Yeah. So I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to have to do something with it now then if, you know, we've got a timeshare on this PC. So that's how it started, Will, to be honest. And I thought, right, how am I going to start? And I literally, I think I created my my fourth blog. I went, oh, hello, you know, it's been seven or eight years now. I'm back again. I'm we're all locked down, you know. And again, it's there if you want to read it. It's in my blog, um, on johnnychips.com. <laughs> but uh, it went from there. And and like you say, you spotted it when I when I saw that. Uh, you know, basically, I was watching a Scott Hanselman video, and he was uh, interviewing um, GPS Gwyneth Pena Segenza. I don't know if you've come across Gwyneth before, I don't but. Know. She's working. She's working as a cloud advocate now at Microsoft, as it happens. But at the time, she 
um, and a few others. There's a few other guys that um, were with her as this kind of core team. This initiative, this community initiative, 100 Days of Cloud, you know, that kind of being copied from other 100 Days of Code. There's been a few others. And when I saw that video, it was like, you know, basically you're committing to doing some kind of public learning for 100 days. I thought, right, that's that's my style. And me being me, I thought, I'm not going to I'm not going to shirk on this 100 days. I'm going to do 100 consecutive days. That I'm going to write a blog post and do something. And yeah, to most people, that was like, what? You know, that's ridiculous. And, and in hindsight, yeah, it was ridiculous. It was really hard. So. I kind of started off just kind of learning some of those areas that when I moved into Azure and I realized that I kind of hadn't worked with because I've not had the opportunity to, I thought, well, I'm going to throw myself into those now because that's the only way I'm going to learn about them. And so I kind of went from doing a few blog posts to this thing, 100 Days of Cloud, where <clears throat> I was literally learning something new or doing something with the cloud for 100 days. And I thought, I'll do it consecutive. It took about a week before I dropped the weekends, Will. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the that's, first weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just, and then, and then, suddenly, it was just like, no, no, I have to tidy the house. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's and that's how it started. So, I kind of did the hundred days, and, and as it happened, not that it was planned, but I did. There was, you know, the odd day that I missed and wasn't doing weekends. But my hundredth day landed on Christmas Day last year. So, what, 10, 11 months ago now. So that's when my hundredth hundredth day came. And do you know what? I think it only took about um, probably about two months, two months into that process before things started to click. And then I really realized what learning in public, what what community, that's when the penny dropped. You know, when I started mm -hmm. to realize, do you know, this isn't about me being Johnny Chips and having flashing lights and, you know, being a bit obnoxious at times. This is This is about genuinely helping other people. Yeah. And I kind of went into it not not really getting that, not really understanding how that whole thing worked. And like I say, about two months in, I started speaking to two, three, four, five, you know, getting DMs from people and from people that I, I'd never met before, I'd never spoken to before on social media. And genuinely now I class them as really good friends, you know. And, you know, some of those people were MVPs, Um some of those people were Microsoft representatives and employees. And, you know, the other thing, of course, that happened in that kind of time span is I was looking to set up a user group. And, I, again, I won't dwell on the story, but I reached out, spoke to a few other people, and the Welsh Azure user group was born, um, which, you know, was great. And we've been running now for um, probably about 14 months now, the virtual events. We did our first in-person event last month. But you kind of realize then that you've got this it's no longer necessarily about you learning of course it's about you learning because you are but now all of a sudden you're learning as you say back to one of your points well you i found my tribe you know i found that mm. group of people like-minded people all on very similar um learning journeys or career paths or whatever it may be but rather than it being a um a, a very much a prescribed right i'm going to spend some time to learn now all of a sudden i'm chatting with people over twitter i'm you know chatting to them about stuff they're up to so in you know just in my day-to-day -day life and all of a sudden i find well I'm, I'm learning from that as well and and they're learning you know by having a so it just got to this weird point where the kind of the penny dropped and i thought right okay i kind of get it now and and that's that's the message I say to other colleagues that are looking to get into doing a bit more public facing. A few have, you know, and, and and the message that I put out there is just just jump into it because 
honestly, you don't realise what doors will be opened, what opportunities are just around the corner in things that you may not have given a second thought to, you know. And for me, that's what's kind of happened. I've had so many fun times, met so many brilliant people. And again, this does sound cliched, Will, but I, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I genuinely mean this. I would, I was always one of those long in the tooth, slightly cynical, old middle-aged white men that worked in IT, you know, back a few years ago. And having gone through this process, the pennies dropped and I can completely see actually my attitude was wrong back those years ago. And that's probably what was preventing me getting into community, if that makes sense. As in, as in you viewed it as it being something cynical? Yeah, maybe not cynical, but I guess one of those slightly egotistical, oh, what, what do I want to be involved in that? Kind? You know, that right, bad, yeah. bad, bad views, like, oh, I haven't got, I haven't got time. Maybe I haven't got time, I've got kids, I've got family. I could have framed it that way. But I think genuinely it was more of a, oh, I haven't got time for that. What is that? You know, I saw it as maybe a little bit of noise and not really getting it. And, and that's what I mean, and, and I stress that, and, and and I look back on those that point, and again, that would have been about only about four or five years ago, probably. Mm. But I felt, yeah, you know, that was me, and, and I'm not proud of that. But I think now, having gone through it and launched myself into it the way that I've done, I look at it now, and, and I genuinely feel, wow, how wrong was I? You know, and, and I guess it's because I just didn't know what it was, you know. Um, so, so you've got the community hat that you wear, and then you've got the one that you get paid for as well. Yeah. How do they then relate to each other? And I guess what's the benefit being to your career of this community, this community work that you've started doing? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say straight off the bat, community work is going to be a benefit to you in so many ways, not just your career, personally, you know, help yourself grow as an individual, friendships, networking, and of course, career. Yes, absolutely career. Because for me personally, I think um, it was a strange one. Again, I'll try not to monologue this too much, Will, but I was doing mm. a lot of internal discussions with uh, friends, colleagues, you know, building up things. And I thought oh, some people were, were you know, listening and, and enjoying what I had to say or what we were talking about. Others were just quite happy to, you know, carry on through the nine to five, do the day job, which, you know, there's no problem with that. But I felt, oh, okay, what's going on? As soon as you turn, or as soon as I turn to, to public facing, saying more or less the same things, doing similar things, but maybe in a little bit of a, you know, kind of personal brandy, flashy lights, Johnny Chipsy kind of style. Um, Loving your neon light, by the way. Loving <laughs> oh, your neon thank light. You very much, yep. Yeah, <clears throat> I put a lot of time and effort into. into <laughs> <laughs> but I think as soon as I went that way. Every, it's almost like you know just vision this 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 kind of field of meerkats you know one meerkat sticks his head up above the parapet all of a sudden oh johnny chips has got a youtube channel johnny chips has got a blog you know like you say people start to recognize you and you start to speak to people that you like i invited scott hanselman on to speak to welsh who you thinking there's no way scott is ever going to see my email and within five minutes I had an email back from him i'm thinking what what really? Mm. So things like that, all of a sudden, then all these me, you know, everybody kind of looks up and goes, what, "What? What's John up to? What is he doing?" And you know, when I start speaking in the way I am with, with like I say, friends and colleagues, you know, that they all give it a go, and, and and you know, a few people have given it a, a try, and all of a sudden, then you kind of build up that that air of, and look, well, I'm I'm not one of these people that likes to, you know, beat around the bush and talk nonsense well, as best I can, anyway, but. 
within work, we know that sometimes just because you're in community doesn't mean to say that you are an all-singing font of knowledge in every single act no. of it. I think you're just acting more of a, an ambassador with a message and, you know, that kind of people will put you on a pedestal. And yes, of course, community members, there are a lot of community people that do absolutely amazing, mind-blowing things. Don't get me wrong. But I think for me, because I was still very much that generalist kind of person, I never kind of fell into that kind of tech niche. I, I, I guess I'm starting to move over to the world of IoT a bit more now, but that's completely disjointed from what, what my day job is. Hmm. Um, so I kind of started acting in this more of a, I guess, that kind of ambassador, that um, advocate kind of, you know, come on, what do you want to do? This is where we can go. This is how you can learn it. This is, you know, so helping others on that journey. And, you know, invariably then that's helped me within my own career and, and the, the company I work for because, I mean, not that there's any direct kind of commercial agreement. You're now an MVP, so we're going to pay you more money. And it's not like that, but I think it just offers that little bit of credibility that, you know, mm. BT have got somebody working for them that's, you know, he, he is very passionate and is very well, um, you know, embroiled and engrossed in community and, and the particular technology that, that you know, kind of you, you, you're working in. So, yeah, it's a strange one. I think for me, the uh, my, my company has been fantastic. You know, my boss has been brilliant, allowing me the time, not that I do an awful lot of this community work within nine to five. I basically don't have enough time because work is busy, but I do a lot of it, of course, in my own time of an evening. Um, but yeah, there are occasions where I'll do something during working hours. Um, and my boss has been great supporting that. And it's kind of, like I say, it probably works two ways in ways that I'm not going to tangibly see on a day-to-day -day basis, if that makes sense. Will. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, uh, 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 everybody I speak to who, who is uh, in that community role, whether that's an MVP awarded person or not, I think there are everybody feels the benefits in some ways, even if it's just a case of having a network of people to reach out to and go, I'm absolutely stumped on this. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so then we're, we're sort of starting to come towards the end. If, if we can just rewind a little bit, how mm. much of a career plan have you actually had then over the last sort of 10, 15 years? Um. Right. Okay. I, I mean, I suppose I, I wouldn't suggest that I had a massively convoluted, I know what I'm going to do at every stage, every year. Absolutely not. I think most people will probably say I didn't really have a career plan other than there, there have been certain key events throughout my career that I felt, you know, just had that internal feeling that I need to do more. I need to do something different. Not that I'd written that down and said, right, in you know, I'm going to go and work for a manufacturing company for seven years in a non-technical role. Then I'm going to move into a technical role for 14 years. Then I'm going to, you know, absolutely I, that, you know, clearly nobody would have planned that career, surely. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? But I think probably certainly over, like you say, certainly over the last 10 years, um, look, nine of those I've been working at for the same company. Um, and, and look, BT are a great company to work. I'm not, you know, touted for BT, but they are a great company for, to work for. They do look after their employees, and they've kept me happy doing the job that I'm doing um, for, for those nine years since I've been with them. So 
But I guess for me, it was more around when I made that decision that I wanted to work in IT and I set set out those kind of that mission to go and do a degree. You know, I didn't go mm. to university straight from college. Um, I was what is probably, I must have been about 23, I guess, 24 when I started doing my degree. And look, I did that um, obviously part-time during work and I did that over 10 years. So I did the degree um, and went on to do a, a post-grad master's degree as well. So, you know, I, I kind of got hooked, you know, maybe that was my personality and this is why I do what I do now. But I kind of, that was probably the only real plan that I had at the time was to go and do a degree, get a job in IT. What that job in IT was, I didn't have a clue at the time. Um, I don't think anybody, like you say, could have foresaw the rise of the cloud, maybe back then, you know, sort of early 2000s. We knew there were certain things around in this cloud way. Um, but I think it's been more, I wouldn't say massively opportunistic, but there's be, certainly been opportunistic moments in my career where, like I say, I felt the urge that I needed to move or I needed to do something, whether that's just job satisfaction, redundancy situation, but those compelling events that make you think, you know, even if it's for a couple of days where you speak with your partner or your, your family and go, oh, you know, I'm, what, what do I need to do with my career? You know, I've, I don't think I've ever had that long-winded, you know, this is where I'm going to be like, I have no idea where I, where I want to be in five years, if I'm being honest, you know. Um, mm. I, I, so, so I, I don't know anybody who has. Genuinely, I don't know anybody who who goes, right, well, in five years, I want to be this, and they've worked towards it, and they've achieved it. Because yeah. Yeah. The world changes so fast. Mm. Mm. I mean, um, I'd love to be the international famous rock star if I'm, you know, being truthful, Well, but I think I just need to get back on the drums. Do, do you know what, mate? I think, <laughs> oh, it was drums, was it? You just hit things. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know what I mean? I'm sure that there is a there is an international rock star role waiting for a, a percussionist. Uh, but, you know, maybe you should learn the guitar yeah. or something, you know, because... Well, you know, I'm thing you know, actually, Will, I... I I did start on guitar, so um, I did start on guitar. But if you know of any, let me know. You know, of course, of course, mate, absolutely. But until then, you'll find me working with cloud technologies. <laughs> so then, um, so so looking at kind of where you are today, if if someone came up to you and said, you know, what one thing can I do to kind of level up in my career? What what advice would you give them? Do you know, it probably would be um, learning public. I think it would be um, understand that you need to learn to, to 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 move to whatever that next level is in your career, whether it's a you know a junior position into you know you're going from maybe a, a, a level one into a level two or level three, you know, help desk kind of role, or you 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 want to jump into the world of consultancy and architecture. You know, wherever you are in your career, I think the concept of learning in public is such a profound um and you know you're not going to understand what the opportunities are that will open themselves up to you so that would probably be my one bit of advice is that whatever you're doing try and do it in public because people will reach out to you you know people will come to you with opportunities and you can give or take those opportunities um based on you know your own feelings at the time but yeah that probably be my bit of advice if somebody asked me today and then and then just finally would would you put or what weight would you put the the 100 days of cloud what weight would you put on that in terms of how you have developed as a professional within your role ignore the community piece because obviously you know you didn't set out to become a community 
yeah. leader, yeah. you you set out to to learn. You know, Absolutely. how how has that very condensed amount of of time impacted your your day to day job? I think what what that did for me is it gave me an introduction to those areas of you know Azure Cloud, and for me, it was more around the DevOps space. It was around sort of containerization. Did a small around bit a bit around uh, Kubernetes and things like that, but it was more around those kind of um, developer based things because I was an mm. operations person. I kind of focused heavily on the developer side of the Azure platform. So like I say, DevOps, I did my, um, you know, few, I did a few exams. So I did the 204 developer exam. I did the 400 DevOps expert exam through in that time. So arguably, it, it, you know, it would have weighted quite high because it was a it was 100 days of intense learning activity. And I, I don't joke about that. There were, like I say, I gave myself the weekends off because, it was difficult. You know, I found it just this, it was a constant, but I'd set, I think the whole premise of it was that I kind of said it in public. I blogged that I was going to do this 100 days of cloud. And I think just literally telling a group of unknown people that you're going to do something kind of holds you accountable. And it yeah. kind of gives you that motivation to stick to something. You know, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm toying with saying I'm about to go on a diet, but I'm not that committed yet, Will. Dude, but, um, just, you know what I mean? <laughs> just, just, just the, surely, you know, co- coming into Christmas as well, you know, why oh, would you do You it? know, well, you know, but but you now you said that, Will, I'm the kind of person that would go, yeah, that's what people wouldn't expect you to do, so I'm going to do it. Do you know what I mean? It's that that strange, bizarre mentality, I think. I've got a, an odd way of looking at things at times, but I think back to your point, though, the 100 Days of Cloud was a catalyst for me to do something in a in a, in a, in a method you know a methodology if people wanted to follow me then they could hook into something they could go oh johnny chips he's on just started this 100 days of cloud what's that and oh he's on day 3 oh he's on day 10 he's 20 you know and then in a month's time oh he's up on day 92 i might have a little look back see you know what i mean so yeah. and it was all cataloged it was all about it was using github it was you know using vs code to deploy uh, to to push commits and you know um, sync that up with github so i was starting to use those developer tools a bit more github before transitioning into devops and looking at yaml pipelines and looking at you know terraform and infrastructure as code and a bit of ansible and doing all the stuff that i've never really had the time to do in my day job because i was more operations focused and i kind of slightly transitioned more into a pre salesy kind of um role yeah so i kind of you know i'm very much a technical person and that's where i get a lot of my job satisfaction so i made it a point of going back and you know trying to learn so yeah it, it weighted heavily into where i am today and and arguably it hasn't stopped you know i'm still going with the learnings although it's just not under the guise of 100 days of cloud anymore you know i i the blogging for me has, has slowed down a bit now. You know, as you know, I do a few YouTube series um, and get to speak with other cool people across um, across community in the industry. So yeah, it's kind of transformed slightly, I guess, um, mm. over that time. So just to finish up, where can people find information uh, that you're putting out there, and what are your channels and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Will. So yeah, I, I'm Johnny Chips. Uh, that's Chips with a Z. Dot com is my blog. I, I tend to post most things. The videos that I go out, they tend to go up on there. But yeah, you can you can find me on YouTube with the, you know the Cloud Talk with Johnny Chips and Twitter Johnny Chips. Um, you know, 
I think LinkedIn is professional, so that's J.A.P. Lunn, okay? <laughs> Esquire. Yeah. Esquire. No. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, most pla- – I mean, I'm, I'm on TikTok. I'm on Twitch. I'm on – you know, I, literally at the you beginning of the You are properly down with the kids, yeah. mate. You are properly down I'm with the kids. I'm proper down with it, yeah. I'm, I, do you know, I'm getting, you know, a 1,000 views on some of my TikToks now, which I'm really happy about, you know? <laughs> wow. That is nuts. I'm getting there. I'm getting there, Will. Oh, dear. Well, John, it's been a phenomenal uh, chance to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, and um, I will genuinely look forward to uh, to seeing your all of your updates. Um, obviously, if there's anything, uh, there's anything I can do for you, mate, you know where I am. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, once again, thanks very much. No, thanks a lot, Will. Great to speak with you. Thanks for having me on there. So when we look at uh, John's career, we see somebody who uh, at times has followed a linear progression. He started out in uh, technical support from an IT perspective, moved from there into a consulting type role. So doing uh, deployments uh, of Office 365 and um, Unified Communications Technology. And then he moved uh, through the ranks on that into more of an architecture and design role uh, and shifted across to, to focus more on Azure. The bit that's really interesting for me is the is that he has pivoted a couple of times throughout his career. Obviously, he started out in a non-technical role uh, and decided that he wanted to do more with technology, having kind of fallen into it, as so many people frequently do. Um, he then had the opportunity to, to specialise in an area, and he started doing that with Unified Communications. And then when we look at this shift into Azure, that's a big move because... Azure and Unified Communications don't generally sit next to each other particularly comfortably. Um, and actually, I think he was very lucky to, to find himself in a situation with an employer who was keen to support this growth into a new area. If we go back three or four years, Skype for Business was was certainly in decline. Uh, Microsoft Teams was a, a, a relatively unknown um, quantity at that point. And Azure was very much uh, starting to become... Um, more of a of a of a platform that that people within the infrastructure piece uh, got had their heads around and knew what to do with. It was very much prior to that, more sort of a development, um, uh, more prevalent in the development space. I always think that technology comes in waves. UC was very much on on the way down within Skype for Business. Uh, we were seeing more more and more people looking to leave that. And actually, this pivot to Azure has done wonders for John. Um, I think. The the bit that particularly um, has shifted him from a career perspective is this idea of 100 days of cloud. We saw with Gregor Sutty uh, on a previous uh, episode that, that he set aside a couple of hours of uh, a night of uh, to, to, to train for two to three months um, and how that completely reinvigorated his career and moved him into different directions. Um, when we look at what John um, committed to you know a hundred days of learning something new how could you not be transformed by that and the fact that he was then sharing that he was learning in public as he says um is a phenomenal achievement because yes you're you're held accountable but but i genuinely feel that that his life has been enriched by this because he's made new friends he's He's running a user group, and I don't know whether he necessarily would have had the profile to attract enough people to his user group um, had he not been doing this. Certainly, when I look at my relationship with the, the Microsoft community, I've got a lot of friends in there. Um, 
And my life wouldn't be the same without that. So I can completely understand where he's coming from, from that perspective. Um, overall, I think that that this idea of pivoting within your, your career to be following the technology is something that's massively important as long as it works commercially and you're because your employer is paying you for the job that you do. And if you suddenly say, right, actually, I want to do something quite different, that can be a challenge uh, to, to, to manage. So um, I think he's been, as I said, he's been, he's been very lucky. Um, I've been Will Rowe. This has been the Careering Out of Control podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find all the episodes at careeringoutofcontrol.com. We're on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are on most of these things and a load that I don't even know. Uh, so yes, thank you for listening and I will hopefully see you or, or speak to you again very soon. Thank you.